You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Patrick Pretorius, Director of Business Development North America for Transporian Group. Today's supply chain is responding to an increasing capacity crunch that's challenging companies to find new and better ways to manage their business. From better collaboration to assessing the spot market or more effective demand planning, the technology now exists to help shippers make life easier for their carriers. Patrick Pretorius of Transporian Group joins us to share his observations on how and where he sees technology making the biggest impacts in logistics. Joining me this afternoon is Patrick Pretorius, Director of Business Development for North America for Transporian Group. Patrick, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Thanks so much. Great to be here. It's great to have you. Patrick, before we get started, uh, we like to give our audience a little bit of an introduction to our guests. If you could, could you take us through a little bit of your background in the industry and uh, maybe what you're doing with Transporian today? Absolutely. Thanks. Yep. So I started my career in the logistics industry in the early part of the 2000s um, back in Cape Town. I'm from South Africa and I worked for P&O Ned Lloyd and for Maersk Line um, after the merger. And roughly the middle of the 2000s, I moved to London uh, where I worked for Maersk and for Hyundai Merchant Marine for about four years. I moved from there to Asia and did about seven years out in Asia uh, working for a basically a 3PL subsidiary of LG um, for a few years and then joined the Transporian Group in Singapore uh, where I was doing business development for the APAC region. And around two years ago, I moved from Asia to the U.S., and I've been responsible for building the business here in the U.S., more specifically for our sourcing uh, platform, T-Contract, I would say. And uh, yeah, that's the history of me to date. Right, so what we're going to talk about today uh, is a subject that uh, is important to much of our audience. Uh, it's the capacity crunch. What type of metrics does T-Contract uh, track that maybe initially helped you guys identify that capacity crunch? Yep. So... I mentioned T-Contract a little earlier for a brief background. It's a transportation sourcing platform. It's one of the several modules that we operate. Uh, and what we do with that tool is allow our shipper customers to run RFQs and RFIs and other types of bids across all you know types of transportation, all modes, geographies. So we do global, domestic, full truckload, LTL, all the above. But Speaking to the capacity crunch, uh, truckload accounts for around 65 to 70% of those RFQs um, of what we do. And back in July, we were running our mid-year statistics and we noticed a very large uptick, uh, around 1,000, just over 1,000 RFPs higher than the same time the previous year. So to put that in perspective, we only do around 10,000, I say only, but we do around 10,000 RFQs per year. So at that point, we were 35% ahead of where we were at the same time the last year. And, um, and it, was, it was at that time, around that time, that we started to recognize that our own RFQ and sourcing data basically corroborated the, the story that was in the market. You know, I think people knew by then that there was a situation. And, and on top of that, what it also showed us is that shippers were going out to bid earlier than usual. You know, it wasn't only down to organic growth, obviously. So we've been tracking those metrics actively since then. And as of October, uh, a few weeks ago, we were 26% ahead year over year. So it's come down a little bit, 
but it's still you know significantly higher statistically speaking and we look at this and say you know the fact that it has come down a bit shows us that that is volume that would have been bid out later uh, later in the year. So it's you know some of that's come out of that 35 down to 26. In terms of actual volume increase, uh, we were around 15% ahead of last year. So there is some organic growth in there, but you know a bottom line again, it just shows you that a lot of the same bids that would have gone out at the later part of this year are just now going out much earlier. And so we can conclude with this data that there definitely must be a capacity crunch, and and shippers are actively trying to get out in front of it. How can uh, technology help mitigate these current uh, trucking challenges? So we view technology as an enabler of collaboration. And what that comes down to on the domestic transportation front is that these collaborative technology solutions allow everyone. So I'm talking about the shipper, uh, the carriers, and and their customers, the guys that they're on their way to deliver to, to thrive. So even in a challenging capacity environment, there are solutions that can help. So these solutions often help by automating processes relating to transportation and helping to keep drivers on the road by minimizing detention and dwell time. And that, of course, contributes to allowing drivers to stay in line with the relatively newer um, hours of service regulations. So all of this type of efficiency enhancing technology um, helps to free up capacity by allowing the the carriers especially to do more with the resources that they have or potentially even less if we talk about you know drivers leaving the workforce so the most common implementations of these types of technology um, can just be reimagining existing processes or concepts, but in a digital format. So it cuts down on the amount of resources that are required to execute those concepts. So yeah, to sum it up, put in a nutshell, um, it basically comes down to just making the case for and then implementing transportation process automation technologies. Uh, are there specific tactics or or pieces of software that can assist shippers in uh, addressing the capacity issue? Yeah, absolutely. From a tactical perspective, you know, you're looking to put out fires today or tomorrow. The first and most commonly implemented one that I think most people will be familiar with is the online or digital transportation spot market. Collaborative technologies there are geared around helping to minimize empty miles by revealing backhaul opportunities a lot of the time. So carriers, they have their generally planned out schedules of where they're going, but they're then able to directly go into these online bid markets and directly select appealing appointments or or deliveries and and schedule them. So it gives them the ability to plan more efficiently um, and also to do that in in advance. So uh, they get the option to potentially pick up another load um, and, and therefore, as I said, the, those single loads can help them to, to essentially find and then organize and, and execute backhauls um, against what they're doing. So when they're able to do that, that again, it, it come, comes back to the previous answer where it's all about maximizing the use of the resources that they have. So the immediate effect there is that, again, they can do more, execute more jobs and, and fulfill more loads with the same pool of resources. So again, the result here is going to be less empty miles and more full trucks, 
which means that operating costs are reduced. And and what that can potentially pave the way for is either you know a more profitable business, which is great. I mean, who doesn't want that? But also allowing a little bit more flexibility potentially in terms of driver pay. So, you know, I think a lot of people can agree right now the root cause of, of these types of issues that we're facing can be driver shortages. And so anything you can do to make drivers stay with your company or essentially just making their lives easier um, or more predictable is a is a net positive for everybody. Mm. Okay. Well, let's play off of that a little bit when we're talking about that that carrier-shipper relationship. Uh, how does technology help shippers uh, make life easier for the carriers and uh, increase that likelihood of that secured load? Yeah, exactly. So there's a really great solution for that, and, and that is agreed upon by shippers and carriers alike. And, and definitely we're seeing a um, an uptick in adoption of this, and, and that's time slot management solutions, those dynamic platforms um, that are created to handle not only just simply booking the appointment and, and sharing information, but even going a step further into complex loading logic. So again, it's about sharing information with the carriers where they need to be, giving them options in terms of when they can come so that they can plan around that. And it's also just about being realistic. So the shippers can communicate realistic schedules with the carriers and they can plan more precisely what the time commitment at the shipper's premises are going to look like. And then in reverse, the shippers can honor those time commitments when they're very clearly laid out and they've been designed according to what they do, right? At their at their site, they know how long it takes to get someone in and out of the of the dock. And the reason everyone loves this is that it really helps to significantly reduce the carrier's idling time. You know, we don't want empty trucks standing around waiting. Um, and, and drivers are waiting because, you know, sometimes it could be that they've come too early if, or if there just wasn't proper communication about what the correct time should be, or maybe they should come on time and the, the dock wasn't ready. And I think those type of things happen very, very frequently. So these time slot management platforms just keep everybody on the same page. And what they also do is keep everybody focused on those loading and unloading times with the goal being to let the driver head out as quickly and as close to on time as possible. And that means wheels on the road and that's a win-win for everyone. So yeah, it's everybody I would say agrees. We're trying to do our best to plan our resources as efficiently as possible. So we want to provide coverage and, and those lost minutes or hours, you know, can make a big difference there. So yeah, I think this is the most predominantly implemented um, at the moment, um, you know, time mitigation tool. Okay. And what about if we look to the future uh, and uh, future strategic options? Uh, are there digital strategies that shippers have successfully adopted to, to mitigate the situation? Sure. So moving away from putting out fires today, I mean, if you, if you look at strategic trends, if you look historically um, or, or outgoing strategies, uh, they're there was, and you know, let's face it, to a large extent, there still is a trend towards outsourcing, right? It's businesses want to focus on what they do well as a core business and potentially let a, a service provider um, kind of completely manage uh, one particular category of their organization. So what we're starting to recognize here, and it's becoming more clear, is that 
that situation could actually contribute to the disconnect that exists between the asset owners, the guys with the wheels on the ground, and the shippers. So when there's a few layers um, or intermediary layers there, and, and we try to look at ways to reverse that or to mitigate that effect, uh, we talk about a concept of digital insourcing. So it's bringing those processes back in-house, um, you know, slowly moving away. And again, I'm just talking about the transportation category, but um, those those platforms are purpose-built for collaboration between shippers and carriers to mitigate cost increases and, again, increase access to as well as predictability of capacity. So those who do it best already, the ones who have kind of got ahead of this curve and recognize that maybe outsourcing isn't the the be-all and end-all solution, have it to a large extent been the least impacted by um, the challenges that we're facing right now. Okay. Can uh, that technology be used to plan and source capacity ahead of the curve? Yeah. So if we're talking about planning and especially about sourcing and finding additional capacity, uh, there are technologies that have been specifically created for that purpose. Let's call it transportation procurement um, to uncover hidden capacity or to share, you know, your capacity requirements with the market, including your incumbents, but also, of course, finding potential new suppliers. So this is taking a proactive approach to transportation sourcing. Um, and those technologies basically connect the shippers with a pool of identified qualified carriers that serve those particular, let's say, geographies or modes or um, special equipment requirements, you know, whatever the case may be. So those allow the shipper to run their own bids in a completely neutral fashion. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of stepping a little bit away from that outsource model um, and removing those layers. And of course, sometimes the inherent biases that come together with those layers. So the technology allows the shipper to negotiate directly with the pool of, of incumbent as well as new carriers, um, and then maintain those relationships, but in a much more efficient way um, compared to the past, which is maybe what would have led to outsourcing. Now with digital technology, you know, you can you can do it in a much more efficient way. Are there strategic benefits to that approach? Sure. If we talk about the original, you know, strategy of outsourcing, uh, you could look at another category like maybe facility management or or some other type of service. It's not a core business. Um, it's also something that's non-customer facing, and therefore it's unlikely that it's going to give you a competitive edge in the market, right? So outsourcing things like that can make sense. But if you look at logistics and freight, um, where this is all about providing a service to your customer at the end of the day, then there absolutely is a strategic benefit here to developing your organizational skills in that category and keeping the knowledge in-house and again, keeping the supplier relationships, of course, if you want to talk about the capacity topic, so that you can have those conversations with the asset owners directly and really hear straight from the market um, and, and communicate more in a more agile manner uh, with those with those service providers to secure that capacity. So, you know, just I would say to kind of summarize that we have noticed that this kind of strategic trend exists from outsourcing back to insourcing in the transportation category because 
the shippers are trying to do things better than they did them before. That's what it all boils down to. I think people are recognizing based on the situation that maybe a little bit of the control has slipped away. And so to prevent that from occurring again, um, they're, they're implementing continuous improvement strategies that focus on bringing some of those processes back in-house. All right. Are there any other special technologies uh, on the horizon maybe uh, to look forward to? Yeah. Um, some of the more forward-looking ones would definitely be topics like, for instance, big data. We, we hear this buzzword uh, all around us, but there certainly are ways to leverage that in our space, um, in the transportation space, by having a huge pool of data of inbound and outbound shipments. So what you can do with that when, when you have a critical mass and it's all stored in one database is that a system can actually start to do proactive load matching. So what it will essentially do, you know, as, as, as a shipper, you can define a kind of geographical radius or a, or a timeline and then set the system to essentially look at your outbound load date and then trawl through the big data um, to essentially look for an inbound load at, a, at another company nearby um, within that radius, right? And so what it can then do as well is, is check who the, the traditional carriers are for those particular incoming loads and compare them and cross-reference them with your carrier approved carrier list and see, okay, there is some overlap here. Maybe this is a guy that I need to talk to to look for an opportunity for a type of triangulation, right? So he's coming in with the full load, unloading it at someone else, and then it's a very short haul for him over to my site to quickly load up. And you know, I, I think it's not a new concept, but it's it's hard to implement at a at a human level, right? Because we uh, those type of things will not be easily revealed to us if we were just to spend the time digging through the data ourselves and looking at all the potential companies that exist around us and all of the carriers that are out there. But, you know, the, there are technologies in development now that are essentially geared towards providing just that kind of load matching and load triangulation service. So I, I would say that's definitely one. Um, it's, you know, it's really exciting. It's, it's, it's got a lot of, you know, a lot of people in the industry talking. And I, I know that there are, you know, a few companies looking into that technology to go in a slightly different direction. I, I would say that we also can look at benchmarking. Um, I think that nowadays, again, with technology, with the capabilities of, of databases to store data um, and, and how easy it is to access that and, and how we can define uh, what a benchmark should look like, um, that there are also solutions being created or enhanced that are able to provide benchmark data across all modes. So not just the historical uh, ones which may have been focusing on, but regardless of the mode that we're looking at, we, we will be able to get benchmarks of not just pricing, but even things like demand um, and seasonality. And all of that can then help you to, to plan and forecast your capacity requirements ahead of the curve, so to speak. You know, all this special technology sounds like it's kind of expensive. <laughs> um, what, what really is the cost of entry for these digital technologies? Sure. So, you know, I think that if we look at, at software, digital technologies, we can probably all recognize that we're 
across the board moving away from those on-premises models where you're paying for a copy of the software and you're paying for the maintenance of that and the number of licenses, those days are, are pretty much over. So um, we see a huge trend now towards the SaaS model, software as a service. Uh, what's great about that is that it's very quick to implement. Um, it's, it's very well defined and it's very transparent. Um, but from a pricing perspective, to answer your question, it's much more flexible because this is where you can really fine tune the pricing according to the actual scope requirements. So you don't have to go out and purchase a copy of an entire suite of, of solutions. Nope, you just choose the modules you like and say, let's turn this on. And then Q2, we'll, we'll look at the other one and so forth. So um, there's no more this massive upfront entry fee there very often based on scope or based on transactions or something like that. And um, I think that's where we are now. But looking ahead even, we're seeing trends. We're, we're a European headquartered organization. And we historically, our European uh, pricing model has been, in fact, that the carriers pay for these type of technologies because they're the ones that, at the end of the day, really can see the immediate benefits from a resource requirement perspective where if their customers plan things better and share information with them sooner, again, it means they can do more with less. So they're the ones that are really seeing the, the, the dramatic reduction in their operating costs. And that gets passed on to the customer, no doubt about it. But they're the ones that have the real onus to have these technologies implemented. So carrier pay model has been more predominant in Europe but we're seeing more and more companies looking in that direction here in the US as well. And maybe it's been driven by the market situation. That'll, that remains to be seen, um, but it looks like the, the US is kind of catching up to that concept. Um, and that's a big benefit for shippers, obviously, because you know if you can start to look at moving the cost of these technologies to, uh, to a service provider, it, it becomes almost a, a done deal, a no brainer, so yeah. Okay, uh, a lot of great information. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that with us. Where can uh, my audience go to find out more information about Transporting Group and T-Contract? Yep, so I would say a couple of places. The, you could go to our group website, www.transporium-group.com. Um, and that would be more on the kind of time slot management solutions or load matching. If you're interested in the sourcing tools, please go to www.ticontracts.com. Between those two websites, you're definitely going to find you know all the information at your fingertips. Excellent. Patrick Pretorius, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks very much to everybody for listening. Thanks for setting up the uh, the session. It's been a really interesting uh, podcast. Appreciate it. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn. 
Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.